everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about The Mandalorian Season 1, Episode 3. It's called Chapter 3, The Sin. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. And what's interesting about this one is that uh, this is where I'd say Episode 1 should have ended. This is, like, these first three are Episode 1. <laughs> In terms of the overarching narrative, I th- I agree. I also think this felt like a complete episode in its own right, more so than any of the other two did. No, I'll agree with that too. But I think it, it gets to be that just because it has all the ending beats, almost, where it doesn't necessarily have to introduce anything. Maybe, but I think uh, it does introduce things and pay them off in this episode, specifically. When he drops off the baby odor and he's questioning, well, what are you going to do? It's, uh, you know, that's the, officially, that's the first moment we actually see the doubt of, okay, that's why he, you know, what his motivation is beyond just the, uh, beyond just the bounty. Obviously, we were speculating that a lot before because it felt like that was the obvious thing to do. But I think this was the first time you actually see the, the clear conflict played out. Yeah, but I don't know why you'd say that. It feels like the start of the story, necessarily. To me, that feels like a beat that... See, I mean, we kept, we kept getting pronounced to a movie before, and this more than anyth- anything before makes me feel this is the end of Act 1 of a movie. Because that you, you could condense all this down to about 40 minutes, the first three episodes. And I'm not saying they should, because the pacing of like a lot of it's actually really nice. Um, I think Episode 2 is the one where I'd cut a lot of it out to get the yeah. time down to under an hour for the whole... You know, to, to get, like... This, the first one, and the third one, all down in one episode. I'd cut a lot from the second episode, and that's your episode one. That, that'd be how I no, do I, it. No, I get what you're saying. I, what I say, when I say, oh, it feels like it's introducing that, I mean, the specific, like, you know, let's like say, oh, we know that's where it's going, because that's obviously going to be the mm. story. And yes, that is clearly kind of act one, if this was a movie. I agree with that. Just in the sense of, in an episodic structure, this was the episode that actually introduced the conflict and then paid off it at the end. Um and then there was some of the little bits, you know, like we introduced you know, new gadgets that are then paid off later. Things that actually feel like a well-rounded episode uh, for for me. Yeah, um, I, no, I like this episode probably my favorite. It's probably my favorite of the three. It's I think quite easily for me, this is my favorite. Yeah, it's pretty good. I have two complaints. I have two complaints about this episode. I can think of one, like really obviously. I'm I'm intrigued to see what the second one is and if I agree or not. Is the obvious one the flashbacks again <laughs> during, <laughs> during yeah, the, the smithing. <laughs> we didn't like in the last time that they showed up. I dislike them even more here where ninety percent of it was the same flashback. Yes. And I get that they're trying to do this running theme that every time he forges a new piece of armor that it, it's like it connects to his past, but I don't care. I hate it. <laughs> I know, I'm with you. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not good. I'm, I'm completely with you on this bit. Um, and then the second one is one you're not going to agree with me with. It's just, you know, every so often in a Star Wars thing, there's that moment where I go, okay, this is the fan wank moment. Um, so okay, I'll get to that later. I'm really into it. This better not be the jetpacks. <laughs> of course it's the goddamn jetpacks. I hate that moment. That's not a fan wink. Fan wink? You said fan wink. I said fan wank. Oh, I thought you were saying, like, you know, winking at the fan. No, I just no, no, wanking the fans off. Oh, I said, okay, fine. That's not that. That's just, they have jetpacks. Well, it wasn't that. I didn't feel it earned the moment where the rest of the, the Mandalorians come to his aid. Like, I, I never really felt like it was building up to, oh, they all, you know, gun who around them to help them because they're, 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 they're together. If I have a big, if I have a major complaint about this episode, is I think the scene where he goes to the smith... Uh, as a whole, I don't like that much. Even like the beforehand when the other Mandalorians are like, "Hey, you've got you know uh, imperial uh, printed metal or whatever." Um, 
and it sets up this sort of conflict and then it tries to kind of pay it off with them all showing up to help him at the end i didn't really feel the the, the payoff there i didn't really feel like it was set up enough to really feel that payoff um okay. and on top of that it's I'm like hey look at we've got three mandalorians and jetpacks and one's got a minigun and or a laser minigun and you know all sorts yeah, yeah again mandalorians having jetpacks is such a just a standard thing that our mandalorian not having one is the outlier uh which kind of which made it feel weird and, and you know, this isn't just a, a boba fett Django fett thing this is like if you know if you watch rebels you, there's a lot of mandalorian stuff in that they all have jetpacks it's great yeah well no but what i'm saying is though is that the moment doesn't work for me because because i don't feel the actual build up to the payoff it mm. just feels like hey look at all these fun things that star wars fans are going to like fair enough i i, I prefer i obviously enjoyed that more than you but i, I felt the build up a bit more you know the idea that they were a bit confrontational, you know, Delsey, a bit jealous, maybe that he's getting all this stuff. And... Also, also, I did laugh, actually. See when, see when, towards the end of it, when one of the Mandalorians are flying alongside his ship as he's flying off. And he's like, i got to get me one of those. Yeah, I, all I could hear was Gordon from Batman Begins saying, i got to get me one of those when he's seen the Tumblr. That's all I could hear in my head. And it's not necessarily this show's fault, but that's all I could hear in my head. No, I'm with you on that. Um, I gotta get me one of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's not really a negative point, but I can see why. But that's my complaint out of the way, because the actual emotional core, which is a, something I've been asking for in the first two episodes, and it was obvious what it was going to be, it's not a surprise what it is, but him handing over the baby Yoda and then just sort of having that moment of doubt and saying, what are you going to use it for? What's this, you know, is it going to be okay? The fact that he cares. That's the moment where you're like, okay, this guy actually has a heart in there somewhere. And yeah. it doesn't even feel like a betrayal of his badass character because the one thing he's always said when he goes to the Smith, the one good thing that comes out of those scenes is this idea that he cares about the new kids, the new sort of found children, the foundlings, as he calls them. Yeah. Um, and the idea that this baby Yoda is essentially a foundling to him is kind of the, the idea, that this idea that he cares about... I, sh- I saw a, a beautiful little piece of fan art, just like a, you know, like a four-panel comic fan art thing mm-hmm. of uh, you know him putting a, a little Mandalorian helmet on the baby Yoda. I was like, oh, that's great. Ch- cheap pop. That's all that is. Cheap pop. Just- uh- <laughs> And don't worry, don't worry, Connor. I know, I know, I know you're distressed about this, but don't worry. They've confirmed that by Christmas season, Baby Yoda merchandise will be available. No, I know, I saw that, and I'm not mad because it was always going to be. What I'm happy about in this regard is, sure, you know, people want the Baby Yoda much. Great. I'm just happy that they waited till after the reveal, like, because that would have been so easy for them to put in the market and, and hype up and go, "Hey, look at this cute little thing," and everyone will eat it up. It's you know. But they didn't, and I respect that a lot. Mm. So, now, now the actual moment where he turns around, uh, and immediately Werner Herzog's like, what, no, this is not a man of your stature, you do not ask questions, you forget. Well, as soon as you've handed in the, the you know, the, the yeah, prize. Payment, you, you know, you forget ever happened, that's uh, the guild code. And he, he takes it and he goes, and he gets his new armour. And the funny thing is, I almost dislike his new armour a little bit, because it looks too clean. And I'm sure it'll dirty up as we go, but it looks so clean that it looks it, it looks almost like faker than what it did before. No, I get that because before it was all this hodgepodge of things like yeah. you know, um, this will mean nothing to you really. But the, mm. the he got the the shoulder pauldron done yes. first, and obviously he had a different one on before. He had a makeshift one on, and it was taken off one of the shore troopers from uh, you know the the ones that were on the beach in Rogue One. 
sure. those kind of base <laughs> troopers. It was, it was one of those that he was wearing before. So it was this real hodgepodge, just kind of whatever he's collected that, that he had before. And this plus, is plus it was dirty, uniform. it was weathered, it was old. It just had a, look, a real yeah. look to it. No, it that... did. But to be fair, this is brand new. <laughs> yeah, but it almost looked plasticky because it was brand new. You know, it almost no, looked, it looked cheaper. Um, and I'm not really complaining. I've just it was just an observation. It was, it was when he does the big entrance when he walks into the uh, the bar. And yeah. everyone's looking at him like he's decked out in that rare shit. <laughs> like, and he's just walking <laughs> in. Uh, and he's leaving. He's almost going. And they did a nice little thing where they set up the baby Yoda was playing with the little the knob on the the, the gear stick or whatever it is in the ship. Yeah. And you know it's they're still off, and he puts it back on, and he's almost going to go, and he just can't do it. I mean, th- this is the thing, and this is kind of true of Star Wars in general, because even the original movies weren't really doing anything original. You know, George Lucas oh, himself. Uh, admits to all of his influences everything he was stealing from uh in many ways star wars was just a tarantino movie before tarantino existed <laughs> sure. right um but like guys with this like it's not really done anything new with its concepts but there's something about the stoic hero uh who doesn't seem to care about anyone showing a bit of a heart and wanting to protect the one innocent kid that works it works in action movies it works in lots of things no, it does, it's, and like I say, this it's not super original. It's not, and like I say, Star Wars isn't. But that's okay if it if it works. Uh, so you know, he, he has a bit of a, a haste where he he uh, you know storms into the building where they're keeping him. And uh, what's interesting is the scientist who wanted him alive um, said that he's only alive; he'd be dead if it wasn't for him. Now I took that for him to mean that Herzog was happy to kill him quicker, but the scientist was kind of stalling because he didn't want to just kill mm. him, um, as opposed to he was like dying from something and he cured him. No, I'm I'm with you on that because yeah. uh, you know we know that you know uh, Herzog uh, last uh, you know in the first episode when he sent him off on the quest was like yeah well if, if he's dead I understand how these things go he wasn't that bothered and then you know the the droid uh, in that episode was like no orders were pretty explicit you know dead is the way uh, so I no I absolutely think that the the doctor appealing for it to be alive and it, we we overhear a little snippet of conversation between them as well uh, when he's spying on them. Is is definitely the only reason that it is alive and not dead. Yeah. Uh, so he, he Batman's out the scene. Doesn't kill the Doctor though. He, you know, because he kills a lot of stormtroopers on the way in. He's he's, he's uh, doing oh, a yeah. lot of uh, uh, vaporizing, doing a lot of shocking, all that kind of stuff. No, um, I, I wouldn't say the vaporizing happens until later. Okay, sure. That's the other gun. Uh, but he also uses his uh, needles that he got made because uh, he had some metal left over. So the Smith made him this like one-time use kind of. Yeah, they call them whistling birds. I think she called them. Um, yeah, so he takes like five stormtroopers, like uh, as they're all around him, just by kind of. It looked pretty launching. good. Yeah, uh, so it's, he's on his way out, and this is where it felt really western because you know Carl Weathers comes out, he's like, "No, you're betraying the uh, the you know the the code, the bounty code," and uh, all these you know various hodgepodge have, of enemies. You have the great shot of all the 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 fobs lighting up while they're still in the bar, and they're all like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, no, it's uh. It's solid stuff. Honestly, I think this episode played really well. As much as I had some critiques about one or two things, the the, the overall emotion of it and the action scenes uh, mostly quite worked. Like, I actually really liked, uh, before the, the other Mandalorian showed up, when he's trying to take on the entire like army of bounty hunters, and he essentially is trying to protect himself because he's lying in like, a cart. It's like a, it's like a little uh, mobile cart that's you know, driven by it's a droid. speeders, yeah. yeah. And he's kind of like just like lying in it, because obviously it's just like the metal on the sides of this is maybe like a foot hot tat hot tall it's not yeah it's just about covering him when he's yeah. lying down and he's just kind of like shooting through the crates and poking his head up and shooting there it's a nice little set piece 
And, uh, and it was fun with the droid when he was like, right, drive. And the droid's like, nah. And he just points the gun at him and he's like, right, off we go. Yeah, so it ends with him speeding off uh, with this uh, with this baby Yoda. Uh, and he gives him the little little knob off the off the stick because yeah. he wants yeah, to play with to it. Play with. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it, like, I, I think this almost, if anything, really showed what was missing from episode one and two. And it's a fault of how they're formatting this when it really feels like it is just more of either, I don't know, like maybe this should be like kind of the Sherlock style, three 90 minute episodes, because it kind of it kind of almost no, feels I'm, like it fit I, into that. I feel like that'd be all right. Um, honestly, I think two is the weakest one by far, because one, I, I think, did enough to satisfy me. Yeah, uh, well, it had the big though... ending moment, so it had something. It had yeah. it had a beat to end on. Two was a weird side mission that, for the most part, you know, like the only important thing really from two was him spending some time with the baby Yoda. That was the only real. It, it was, and while I found it enjoyable to watch, and I stand by that, I agree. From a overall plot narrative point, most of it you could probably cut. And you know, if 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 someone told me, "Hey, get these three episodes down to under an hour, or you know, an hour or so," I think you could do it mostly cut in most of episode two to be honest with you like if, if you really want it had to do it that way well i mean i think episodes one and three get you to about just under 70 minutes once you take out the credits right uh yeah i, I would cut maybe two-thirds of episode two and get it to just under 90 minutes you know get get it to about 85 minutes as a as a yeah. part one of a three-part miniseries or something like that you know um, no, I'd, I'd be down for that format um yeah also yeah the the director of this episode was uh deborah chow and uh, mm. she's doing uh, all of the Kenobi series. Okay. Well, it's probably well directed, to be fair. So, yeah. Uh, nothing to complain about in that sense. Uh, no, I mean, the direction remains one of its strongest suits, actually, and how it, how it typically looks is. Yeah, that, the, uh, the heist sequence uh, was kind of great, I thought. Um, you know, with, you know when, mm. the, the, when the stormtroopers are coming in after him uh, with the, 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 the lights on and stuff on the top of the guns, um, that was proper atmospheric. Yeah. No. I can't really fault that too much. So, I'm still on board. Like, I still think it's it's good. I I think it's not fitting the format they've given it though. Bizarrely. No, I can understand that entirely. Um, I think I think the Sherlock format might have been the the way to go. Um, with this. Because this felt like a proper ending of a chapter of the story, as opposed to the other two, which didn't necessarily have that. And I feel like. Um, it's funny to me that Disney or one of the first streaming services, not the, not the, not the first, but one of the first to stick to the weekly format of episodes and have somehow made one of the least weekly friendly <laughs> shows. Like they've made the most bingeable friendly show probably out of any of these services yeah, and they're putting this, out weekly. This will probably make a fantastic binge once this is done. <laughs> I, I said that last week, but I'm sure it will. Yes. Uh, oh, I want to say, I was annoyed again because mm. they in the music they did the bloody kylo ren theme again and it was at the same bit it was when he's landing on the ship um it's when he's coming down in his ship down to the planet it does the kylo ren theme and i'm like why why is this here it's it's like it's slowed slightly but it's it's the same beats exactly and, and i'm sure the composer is aware of this uh so such a strange choice yeah but then league of assassin's theme played so that must have upset you even more screw you (laughs) 
No, no. Honestly, episode three was pretty solid. Like, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't know if they set up the Mandalorians coming to his aid quite as well for, for me, at least as someone who didn't really know Mandalorian lore or anything like that. It just kind of felt a little bit. Uh, uh, as someone who does know Mandalorian lore, uh, the the family angle is a huge, huge part. Like, uh, ad, you know, ad, ad, adoptive family as well. Like, just that is like the most important thing to them, and you know, protecting each other, uh, regardless of whatever else happens, is kind of their biggest thing. Mm. I just kind of want a bit more set up for me, I guess. If it was anything I'd add, it would be a little bit more for that. Uh, mm. Whether that means just cutting to these other characters maybe once or twice while he's on the other planet with Baby Yoda just to set them up a little bit better or something like that, I don't know. I was just, yeah, just spitballing. But um, yeah. that's it. I mean, I like it sticking with him because it does give it this focus uh, that it otherwise wouldn't have. But um, yeah. I'm really intrigued to see where we go next and kind of what the next stage of well the show is. presumably all these other characters that we know are coming are going to be other bounty hunters that are hired to go after them to get baby Probably, back. some of them yeah because uh i know uh ming na wen is a is an assassin yeah and I, I think uh uh carino uh, what's her face gina? gina carino yeah i think she's like a bounty hunter i believe or an assassin that, that sounds plausible some of that yeah so uh, should mention, you know, uh, Carl Weathers, he, you know, he's they think he's dead. Uh, Mandalorian thinks he's dead because he shot him and he fell off the ship. Yeah, but they say up he had some of that metal on his uh chest. Which, to be fair, they did they did establish that early because I was like, that felt like he was dead, but that's a weird choice. And then he pulled it out and I was like, oh yeah, that that was there earlier. Fair enough. It, it was the old, um, I, I had that pocketbook or that yeah, uh, ca- the metal box. case yeah. or something in, in, the, in, the, in the chest pocket and it stopped the bullet. That was basically the, the, the old trick. No, it was, which is, again, something you've probably seen in a lot of Westerns. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, absolutely. Uh, it, it, I, I at least appreciate that we had seen it earlier in the episode and it wasn't just out of nowhere that he had that. That, that would have that would have frustrated me a lot. Yeah, uh, so there you go. Uh, that is episode three of The Mandalorian. We will be back next week for episode four. Let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below. You can like and subscribe and ding the bell on YouTube for notifications. If you want to support us, you can do that a couple of different ways. You can do it for free by rating the podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as sharing us out on the Twitters or Facebooks or wherever you share podcasts and videos to people. Uh, you can also, also, of course, support us financially over at patreon.com slash TV. We can do so for as little as $1 per month and get some bonus, like, cut tangents, uh, bonus episodes of some of the movie podcasts we do, and a few other things. Go and have a look. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla? <laughs>